Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Now, the other day I talked about these mini bonds uh, that a firm had collapsed. Mini bonds are a form of, uh, it, can be, it can be arranged as an ISA where you think you're just getting an ordinary ISA, but it's paying you more money. What in fact you're doing is lending that money to the organization who then lend it out at higher interest rates. And that's why they're called a mini bond. Um, and a lot of people thought they were just like a, an ordinary ISA. In fact, sometimes people have asked me, should I take this ISA out? It's 8% or should I take this one out? It's 2%. Well, the 2% is probably in the bank, safe and secure in a deposit-based ISA. Um, and whereas this mini bond is not quite so secure as it's turned out that th this, this company collapsed, uh, leaving 12,000 savers out of pocket. So you've got to be careful. You're not comparing apples with apples. Uh, just like if you have an ISA that invests in shares, you know that it's an equity-based ISA. It's going, the money's going into shares and th those, the value of those shares could go up and uh, as well as down as well as up. So whereas in a deposit-based uh, ISA, you might be earning a lower interest rate, but the risk is lower because you know if the bank lend that money out and, and, and they lose it, they have a bad debt, they're not going to come back and take it off of you, which is what can happen when you go into these uh, types of mini bonds or peer-to-peer -peer lending or you give your money to a, a crowdfunding company because they're going to pay you six percent uh, to me six percent is not enough to to cover the, the additional risk that you get from lending money to people who are then going to lend it out uh, and we don't know how strict they are how rigid they are how robust their underwriting is and if they're going to lend it out to people to do property developments and you know Okay, it could go one way or the other. It could go could go well. It could go badly. Lots of things can happen in the development. So I don't think six percent is is more, enough return for me to to risk my money in that in that way. Yes, yeah, some of the companies have, have returned good money to people. They've always returned money. Others haven't. Others have gone bust. Um, because think about it: if someone can get the money from the bank, why are they going to crowdfunding? Because perhaps. Perhaps they, they can't get the money from the bank and they're going into crowdfunding and peer-to-peer -peer because the bank are too strict with them. So that, that's just my opinion, by the way. You, you can have, you, you'll have to decide yourself and take your own financial advice. This is just what I'm, I'm saying I do. Um, now, what, what, what makes me qualified? Well, I'm the author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy Your Happiness, which is about how to manage your money, how to be happy with your money. Um, I've also spent 25 years in financial services before retiring from that industry. And I've seen thousands of people and, and met thousands of people and gone through their uh, their financial situation in, in much detail, in more detail perhaps than they would look give to their, their families. Uh, they wouldn't tell their families the things that they would tell a financial advisor, like I'm in big debts, like I've got county court judgments, like I, I, I've got debt problems. So I, I think I'm a little bit qualified to talk about this. Now, what I want to talk about today is, is credit agreements, because a lot of people uh, sign credit agreements without signing them or without reading them properly uh, and they just sign them a lot of people sign them without understanding them and then when later on down the road they say well you didn't you didn't explain this to me but you know it's there in black and white and this is particularly true of the the car finance industry now 90 percent of 
cars, new cars now, are bought with some sort of finance. And many of these are bought on contract hire purchase agreements, uh, HP agreements. And I'm going to explain a little bit about the difference uh, and various other forms of, of agreement, dealer finance, manufacturer's finance. And this is why a lot of people are driving around in brand new cars. Before, uh, people would keep their new car for years and years and then maybe trade it in after five, ten years for a new one. Now, people are changing their cars every couple of years because of, of the easy credit that is available. And quite frankly, somebody, um, you know, people driving £50,000 cars would normally not be able to buy that, uh, drive that car and have that car if, if were it not for the finance and particular forms of finance as well. Now, HP, a higher purchase agreement, is where you... Let's say you're buying a car for £20,000, you borrow £20,000, you pay back £20,000 over the term with interest and charges, and then the car is yours. Now, the payments uh, are, are usually dependent on the interest rate and the term of the loan. Now, a, 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 contract, a contract purchase uh, agreement is slightly different. This is where you are not borrowing the full amount that the car is is worth at the time and say on a £20,000 car you would be paying back a loan of £12,000 so the payments would obviously be lower than paying back a loan of £20,000 and then at the end of the, the term you have this what's called a balloon payment of £8,000 right 12 from 20 leaves 8 and you would either pay that 8000 off to have the car and own the car or you would give the car back and then they would probably offer you a new deal. And this is what a lot of people are doing. So it's like a deferred type of payment where you're not paying what you would have paid on a straightforward higher purchase where you're buying the car and the car is yours. Now, many people like these deals because they say, well, the car is depreciating in value anyway. Why, why own it? You know, rent it and, and not own it. And there is some argument for that. But a lot of people are confused by these agreements. And I, I was listening to a, a Radio 4 show, Money Box, and, and people were phoning in and saying that they were not told this and were not told that. One person said that uh, she didn't realise that there was a, a limit on the mileage of the car. Now, clearly, if, if, you know, if the company are effectively, they're almost renting that car to you for, for a term and, you know, you're paying back interest, you're paying back loan, they're taking that car back. So if... You, you, they don't have a mileage limit then what's the point of the risk would be too high for them you know you could get a car and go and become an uber driver and do two hundred thousand miles and here's your car back and they said well no it's not worth anything now you've, you've 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 run it into the ground you've done too many miles so they all have a, a limit of usually eight ten twelve thousand miles and then you would set your limit based on what you you usually drive and that that would be uh, reflected in the price of the agreement. For instance, if you said, well, I'm going to do 8,000 miles, they know that that car at the end of that term would be worth more because you've only done, say, on a three-year term, you've only driven it for 24,000 miles. Um, and they would set the price and the monthly payments at a rate, can measure it with those mileage. But if you said, I'm going to do 12,000 miles, then at the end of the term, three-year term, you would have done 36,000 miles. That's quite a big difference from, you know, 24,000 pounds, and the car would be worth 24,000 miles and the car would be worth less. So they would set you a higher monthly rate. Now, some people are saying, well, I didn't know there was a mileage limit. Other people, however, have been hoodwinked and, and told, you know, they asked, they wanted 12,000 miles and the salesman said, yeah, okay, that's fine. Just sign here. And, and they found out that, that that wasn't the case. They, in fact, had a lower mileage. But you've got to watch these things. You've got to really read your agreement. In fact, it's, it's in my 
uh, book, I talk about the three R's of money, money management. Read everything. Read your agreements. Read your bank statements. Um, and, you know, I, I've said here in the, in the book, I, I, what's your back? What's your liabilities? I can't tell you how many people I've known have made a lot of money in their lives, sometimes millions in a single venture, but have ended up broke and with, with nothing. This is because they, they are careless and, and don't read things or, or take too many risks or, or borrow too much money and, and, and then end up with, with nothing. And remember, if you're buying a car, it's a depreciating asset. Um, I put a, a quote in the book here from Sharon Lecter, who's a co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Assets feed you, liabilities eat you. Assets feed you, liabilities eat you. Assets like a property or a share that gives you a dividend, gives you growth, is feeding you. Assets or li liabilities like a car, a car is not an asset, it's a liability. It's going to cost you money all the time and it will literally eat you. It will drain your pocket of money. So don't think of it as an, an asset. Um, and th this is the problem with buying assets on, on, on interest rates uh, where you're paying high interest rates to buy depreciating assets. In fact, if, if you... Uh, other people were complaining that uh, for for, un, for whatever reason they wanted to give the car back after six months and the finance company said fine but you've got to pay a £2,000 or £3,000 extra uh, penalty charge and so why is that then well obviously the car is worth less than they borrowed and for the first couple of years when the car has dropped in in price as it's driven off the forecourt uh, you know your your loan is there, but the car price has already gone down. So they will charge you uh, an extra premium to give that, that loan back. Now, when you've paid back 50% of the loan, you can give the car back under the Consumer Rights Act. But um, at, the, at the, the initial point, when someone wants to give the car back, uh, it, it will cost you money. And this is because uh, it's, it's a depreciating asset. If you buy a TV or a car or furniture on, on higher purchase, then it, it will... It will literally eat you or drain you because you're paying high interest rates for a start, usually quite high. I mean, I saw an interest rate the other day, 47%. It was, uh, I think it might have been an American Express card or an, or an American Express uh, special card or store card, 47%. I mean, that, that is crazy to be paying those sort of interest rates or even to be paying 25, 30% interest to buy stuff in shops, to get a store card and buy stuff that, you know, once you bought it is is already probably worth half what you paid for. And it's the same thing with, with car finance. So make sure you read all these agreements, make sure you understand them. Uh, salesmen in car showrooms often are not qualified to, to explain things to you. They often don't know the the, the difference between a simple interest rate and an, an APR, an annual percentage rate. They, they don't know the difference between what, what uh, you know, one agreement to another. So they don't know the difference between one type of finance to another. Now, you should be dealing with a, a business manager who does. Uh, but, you know, you do have some consumer rights. You do have a right to go back and challenge these things. But the best way of, of, uh, of dealing with it, any finance agreement or any mortgage agreement is to, to make sure you read it. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult to understand, but get them to explain it to you. Make notes, record them even uh, so that so that you, you can be sure of what you're being told it, that, that, that it is correct. Because in the, a car is like an emotional purchase, like a house. And in that moment where you just want the car, you know, you want that just sign here and you can drive off in your shiny new car. Here's the keys. You know, just sign here. You're, you're probably tempted to sign these agreements without really reading them thoroughly. And that's where the, the errors can be, you know, extremely costly. Yeah. So to so make sure you're, you're covering your back there. So some other financial news today. Yeah, I talked about these mini bonds, right, uh, that a company had gone bust. And that turns out that the the 
the fraud office are looking into them, the serious fraud office are looking into this company because the directors in the last year or so have drawn out from the company 20 million pounds 20 million pounds they've taken out for themselves uh, and and no wonder investors are left high and dry and and these these are the risks you're taking by going into these deals that look too good to be true and you know the old saying if it looks too good too good to be true it probably is so that that's that's sad news for the the savers uh, but it just shows you what, what what some of these unscrupulous directors can do they've, they've literally ripped the money out of the company and and left investors high and dry so so just watch yourself there so final warning then read all your agreements make sure you understand them so that you're not coming back later on and saying i didn't understand and unfortunately there's a lot of people i've seen a lot of people just sign even mortgage agreements without even understanding them and then you know there are two hundred thousand people now stuck in mortgages they can't get out of they're stuck on fixed rates of say six percent that they can't get out of um lenders are not really playing fair with them but again it's all about really understanding uh, where you're going with with these mortgages so that's my book yes money can buy you happiness you can get it on on amazon maybe a nice christmas stocking filler so thanks for listening and bye for now thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com the information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice as always take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions 